Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichols. And show, we're talking about getting out of an unconditional contract. Now look, sometimes things change. You sign up to buy a property and then... Look, life can change. And there may be a situation where you don't want to go through with a property transaction that you're unconditional on. But what can you do? Well, just before we go through what you can do, Andrew, let's define the terms for any new listeners of the show. Okay, so if you're at the early stages, you're doing due diligence on the property, don't panic. You're not unconditional yet. So just because a few people get concerned about this or get confused about this, so when you're doing your DD, if you've got a due diligence clause and you've got a right to cancel clause, you've got an out, right? But once you go unconditional, that's when you say, yes, I want to buy this property, it's right for me, and you pay your deposit, that's defines your unconditional. So you're locked in and you can't cancel it then. Settlement is when the property's going to change hands. So that could be you know, within a few weeks if it's an existing house, or it could be 12 months out if it's a build, for example. Now, that's when you pay the money to buy the property across to the other side, minus the deposit you've already paid. And look, just go through, why would somebody want to cancel an unconditional contract? Well, if you're buying an existing property, it happens very, very rarely because you are talking about a short window between going unconditional and settlement. Like I said before, it might be four weeks. So life's probably not likely to put a spanner in the works in that short period of time. But... If you've got a longer delay between going unconditional and paying the money, and this could be just because you got a deferred settlement or because it's a build, then something might change. You might get into a position where you can't get finance at the end. You might just change your mind and want to get out of the contract, but you're unconditional. And if there's no conditions that allow you to cancel that contract, what do you do then? Well, one option, and this is the status quo option, is simply not to settle. The choose to do nothing option. Now, the pro of this, of course, is you don't have to do anything, but the con of this is you lose your deposit. So if you've paid a 5 to 10% deposit at the time that you go unconditional and then you just decide, look, I'm not going to settle despite that I've got a contract saying I have to settle, then if you don't do anything, then you do lose your deposit. Now, that does mean that as a vendor, as somebody selling your property, you probably want to get as big a deposit as possible. That's your incentive because you don't want somebody to cancel the contract. Let's say you take a 2% deposit, just for example, not that anybody does, but in that case, it's very easy for somebody to walk away because they don't have a lot of money left on the table. As a purchaser, you want to pay as low a deposit as possible most of the time because you want to make sure that you don't have as much skin in the game. But, you know, 10% is usually pretty standard, sometimes 5%. Now, I do just want to point out here, there seems to be this misconception that you lose your deposit and then it all goes away. That's not necessarily true. So if you don't settle, the vendor, the owner of the property now, does get to keep your deposit, but they can also go for losses against you. So say, for example, I sell a property to Ed for 700000 He gives me a 35 k deposit, decides not to settle, says, I oh, just keep my thirty-five. I can then sell that property. And if I follow the full process of putting that property on the market and getting a fair market price, and I only get six fifty now, well, I can go for Ed for the damages. Now, Again, there's a lot in that, so often vendors don't do that, but just be aware that that is something that you need to consider. Well, that is why this is, in my mind, often not the best option because it's costly, it opens you up for risk. But it's important to know that that is the status quo if you do nothing. What's option number two? Okay, option number two is you can nominate the contract, which basically means I say, where it says purchaser on a contract, I'm going to nominate that 
to someone else. So say, for example, I've signed up for a property and it's come up for settlement and now I just can't get the finance. I've, I've decided I'm going to be self-employed. I don't have two years of financials. I've paid my deposit, but, but I can't get the rest. Then you can say, all right, subject to there not being anything in my contract that precludes me from doing this, I'm going to nominate my good friend Edward McKnight to buy this property. He's happy to buy it. I mean, I have to get his permission. I can't just tell him he's settling it now. And he will take over the contract. He will become the purchaser of that contract. Now, the great part about that is Ed might be nice enough to me to say, hey, look, I'm going to pay you back your deposit and I'll give you $5,000 because the property's gone up in value. So I'm getting a benefit. He might do that. Or he might just say, tough luck, sunshine. No, I'm going to say you pay me $5,000 for taking <laughs> over the contract. Um, now, the pros of this, you most often get your deposit back and you don't have to sell the property. Well, the downside is your deposit might still be at risk. I'm still liable if Ed doesn't settle. So if I do this deal with Ed and then Ed can't get the finance either, then it's back to me owing the money. You also need to find someone. You need to have a friend like Ed that I'm going to nominate the contract. And you may end up, like in this case, having to pay them a fee. And just to reiterate again, you do sometimes need permission from the vendor to be able to do this. If your contract says nothing about this, then you can nominate that to someone else. No questions asked. But sometimes if someone's selling a whole big development off plans, they don't want you just to be signing up for it and then nominating someone else later on. Sometimes there'll be something in your contract that won't allow you to do this. So this is a good option and it's often you. We use this on a, not a regular basis, but we'd use this in instances where an investor was buying off plans and they had a change in circumstances and couldn't buy. Number three is to talk with the vendor early and talk your way out of it. Now, this has been an option that has also actually been used over the last 12 months, believe it or not. Now, let's say that you sign up to buy a property today. In 12 months, you know, because the market probably won't have gone up at all, in that case, the developer is less likely to just say, okay, fine, I'll find somebody else like they have. But if you signed up to buy 12 months ago and you're coming up to settlement today, this could still be an option. Now, the pro of this is they may let you out and give you your deposit back. The con, obviously, is there is nothing forcing them to say yes. They don't have to say yes, but it can be an option, especially if you give them enough time. And look, I can tell you an example just recently where this has happened. One of the property partners, investors that they work with, contacted me and said, hey, look, we've had a change in circumstance. We want to buy a business now and we can't get finance for the business and the property that we were signed up to buy. Now, their developer in that case was Wolfbrook. So I had a conversation with Wolfbrook. Then the purchaser's lawyers reached out to Wolfbrook's lawyers and said, hey, these clients went out of this contract. What are you willing to do? Wolfbrook said, that's absolutely fine. You need to pay our two and a half grand legal bill, but look, that's nothing in the grand scheme of things. And we'll release you from the contract and we'll pay back your deposit, which I thought was really generous. Yeah, it's actually really good on them. And I think just with that, I mean, some people would say, well, I don't want to pay their two and a half grand legal bill. Well, but- just settle it then. You've got to look at, well, what are the alternatives? The alternative is either to settle, lose your deposit, try and nominate it. You know, sometimes that's the best thing to do. These people were delighted with that result. Yeah, great. That's wonderful. And sometimes I have heard of developers or other vendors who are selling saying, well, we'll let you out, but we want to take a 10 grand fee yeah. or keep some of the deposit. So it's all everything's on the table for negotiation. So if somebody says, well, I'll let you out, but I'm going to keep 10 grand of your deposit. I mean, you don't have to say yes to that, but that could be something that somebody's going to say to you. Now, 
What's option number four? Option number four is a contemporaneous settlement. So this is kind of like a nomination, but in this case, rather than tell my friend Ed what I paid for the property and give him my contract or nominate the contract to him, I go to him and I sell him the property. So I take a sale and purchase a new one and I put my name as the vendor and I sell it to him. Now, the benefit of this is I don't have to tell him what I paid for and so I can, rather than pay him that five grand fee, maybe now I can get a little bit of extra out of him and sell that 700000 for seven fifty because the market's gone up. You would try and do that, wouldn't you? <laughs> now, I what are the tell you were getting wound up about this fictitious scenario. <laughs> well, what are the pros and cons? Well, the pro are I might get a little bit of extra money. I might get to benefit from some of the uplift. Now, the con is it's really complicated to do this because when Ed goes to the bank, the bank's going to look at the vendor and then they're going to look at the property title and go, but hang on, Andrew Nickel doesn't own this property. And then they're going to start asking questions because back in the GFC days when you had that company called Blue Chip, there was a lot of this contemporaneous settlements going on to the point where I, I can't remember the number, but it was like 30 contemporaneous settlements on like a single apartment in one day. No. Ludicrous. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone was making money and that's how the market got so distorted. So banks are very dubious about these kind of things. Here's another thing. If Ed's an investor or even a first-time buyer takes that contract, it's no longer considered a new build in the eyes of the bank. Now, from a tax deductibility standpoint, absolutely. But from a LVR perspective, he needs to have a 40% deposit if it's an investment or a 20% if it's an owner-occupier because he's not buying directly from the developer. Now, option number five, and this one is not so much getting out of the unconditional contract, but it is another one that I want you to consider, is simply to settle and then sell the property straight away. So this is an alternative to the contemporaneous settlement. So let's say that you actually do have the funds to hold on to this property, but you think, you know what, this isn't where I want to spend my money anymore. This isn't the right long-term investment for me anymore. There is an option where if you've got the money or the ability to borrow from the bank, you do settle that property and then on sell it straight away, list it with a real estate agent, try and find another buyer to get the equity out. Now that could be a good fit, for instance, if you found some other use for that equity. So that could be a good fit for the investors Andrew was just talking about. Obviously it wasn't because they decided to go another way, but it's one option. Any others to get out of an unconditional contract, Andrew? Yes, I do. There was a really interesting one that I heard about the other day. The purchasers were first-time buyers. They signed up on a deal that sounded too good to be true. They just had to buy it. And they'd gone unconditional. They were waiting on their KiwiSaver to come out. And they were ready to pay their deposit to the developer. And then I'm not going to say who the developer was. Red Myers. They got a whole lot of bad publicity. Oh, it was Red Myers. And they went, holy hell, this is terrible. I don't want to go through with this purchase. And so now they don't want to be locked into this contract that probably is never going to be built. Yeah, 100%. And so I actually spoke to my lawyer in this instance and said, what would you do? And they said, just don't pay the deposit. Don't pay the deposit. Don't put any money across the other side. Let the other side know that you're no longer willing to go ahead with this purchase. Now, they've got an option at that stage of serving you with a demand for the deposit, which after three days would render the contract cancelled because you hadn't complied with it. Now, technically speaking, the developer could go after you for not settling, but 
it's very hard if they don't have any money in their trust account to be able to do that. I just think that's going to be a very challenging thing. And given given what we now know about that developer, I think I'd roll the dice on that personally. Yeah, I'd do the exact same thing. Yeah. So look, that's a very oddball one. But if you haven't paid your deposit and there was a reason why you might want to get out of it, then maybe just don't pay the money across. And that actually goes to another point, which is, is there any other clause in there which you could reasonably look into and say, you know what, I'm going to cancel on this basis. That's where you want to have a good chat with your lawyer. Well, look, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to build a wealth plan and look at some new build investment properties, grow your portfolio in 2022, then your next steps to come in for a portfolio planning session. These are completely complimentary where you use our My Wealth Plan software to hook yourself up with a wealth plan. Now, if you're keen on that, whip out your phone, send us a text, text us the word plan to 5522, and we'll give you a buzz to book it in. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.